To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. Any orders over $35 or more will get you free shipping this winter. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. Go to pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com donate and when you click on the referral banner, and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Imagine, if you will, a 36-year-old noticeably unkempt-looking lad standing six deep at his local bank because one morning his mother, that he still lives with, dared to ask him to run to the grocery store to grab a few items to feed herself and the putrid demon child she picks up after on the daily. Somewhere between his gluten-friendly Doritos, an online session of Minecraft, his greasy iPhone, and the self-checkout aisle that's 1.74 miles away, Fuckface manages to misplace his ID along with his debit and Capital One Platinum with the 18% interest rate. How do you misplace an ID that says fuckface? So when he is pulled over for rolling through a stop sign and not using his turn signal, a rookie cop with short man syndrome, a year of Taekwondo training, wearing dad sunglasses, asked for the lad's driver's license and received nothing but spittle. That's when the tickets came flying out of the cruiser faster than jackpot at a Native American casino, not to mention a phone call to his mother after towing the vehicle and a notice to appear in court for driving without a license. So mom had to leave work early to pick up her woeful son because dad, well, let's talk about dad. Somewhere around Fuckface's 21st birthday, dad's $80,000 communication degree from Say Space Community College was starting to fail him as he was forced to work two jobs to cover his upside-down mortgage and his wife's complications from discount lap band surgery. After receiving another astronomical repair quote on his 2007 Toyota Yaris with the sport package, he felt his masculinity begin to escape through the follicles of his poorly dyed brownish hair. And so he disappeared into the tool shed with his late father's dusty hand-me-down wrapped his lips around the steel barrel, and proceeded to create a skylight just above the broken lawnmower, plus one through the back of his head for good measure. So now that Papa's out of the picture, 
The only father figure that Fuckface has had in the last 15 years was an overzealous cop sending him to court to explain to some pencil-pushing judge, Why are you such a lazy piece of shit? As his days peel away until the dreaded court appearance, Fuckface must first visit the DMV to receive a temporary driver's permit in order to go to the bank and withdraw cash from his disability check that he receives each month for his ADD and severe irritable bowel syndrome, which makes it nearly impossible for this champion of basement dwelling to stand in two lines in one day. So as Fuckface teeters in line at the bank, depleting the last 10% on his cell phone to delay his Uber pickup and blast anyone on Twitter who talks shit about Star Wars or Game of Thrones, the Impossible Burger, consumed from an 11 a.m. breakfast, begins to grease the weakest points of Fuckface's fragile digestive tract and turn his overly medicated intestines into a soy burger slip and slide at light speed. There wasn't any time for Fuckface's stomach to alert his brain of the pending holocaust in his sweatpants. Bank employees and patrons turn their heads at breakneck speed with wide-eyed horror to ponder the nostril-bending question of whether this fully-grown adult male had either Jackson Pollock the inside of his breezy cottons or if a caribou had entered the lobby hoping to open a checking account. Due to some technical oversight in the bank's policies and accommodations for patrons with disabilities, Fuckface later filed a lawsuit against the bank and settled out of court for an undisclosed amount due to his trauma. He never did make it to the grocery store. Fuckface isn't just a name. Fuckface is a virus. It's a virus that's spreading into every home in the United States and other first world countries. It comes in the form of fraudulent allergies, pharmaceutical abuse, high-priced corporate liability, oversaturated human resource departments, diversity and inclusion training, triggering and prolonged adolescent behaviors, safe spaces, emasculated dads, and whore-by-night soccer moms. Fuckface shed himself that fateful day, and instead of cleaning himself up, he blamed everyone else for his condition, and ultimately took it out on the bank for which only the employees and other patrons suffered the cost of his nihilism. He still receives a check every month from the government for his disabilities. If you're a parent, please talk to your child's pediatrician about having them tested for FF. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Welcome to week 100 of the podcast, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Built it with my bare hands. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Every day is open mic night here in my little studio with no audience. Welcome, everybody, to week 100 of the podcast. My special guest today is a dog. I see you looking at me. I know what you're up to. You're a little rescue dog. A little rescue pit bull slash uh, hyena or some shit. I don't know. But anyways, I'm streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on Instagram at POS underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm if you want to be my friend. Or if you want to follow me on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Welcome to the live stream, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. And of course, the Facebook page that I just previously mentioned. Looking forward to upgrading new gear this year. Uh, and a few other things. Mostly just shopping for shit on my Mustang. You got a bunch of stuff on the podcast coming up. How's your Christmas shopping going? Did you buy me anything yet? Hmm? Some new toys? Another blender? A restraining order? Oh, 
Anything that comes in the mail, I'm a fan of. Actually, the only thing I got in the mail so far this winter uh, was rims for my Mustang that I bought myself and uh, a scarf from my mom. It's actually a nice scarf. It's kind of plaid. I used to not be a fan of plaid. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, it's kind of growing on me a little bit. I don't know if you'll necessarily find it on my dress shirts and stuff like that. Kind of a stripey type of person. But for the most part, if you give me like any, if you if you are shopping for me this year and you just have no clue or you don't pay attention uh, to anything that I do, I'm just throwing this out there just for the heck of it. If you do want to get me something, you can always get me a scarf. You, re you really can. It could be white. It could be black. It could be plaid. It could be blue. It could be maybe not green. But pretty much any scarf, I'll figure it out. Because there's always, no matter what, there's always room for a scarf. That's just how it is. I mean, that's what Johnny, that's Johnny Depp. Well, there's always room for six scarves and one Afghan. That's kind of Johnny Depp's thing. So, anyways, you can find me on, on the normal social media. You will not find me on TikTok because I think I'm too old for that. I'm definitely not too immature for that. That's for damn sure. You know what happened this week, last weekend? Something I haven't done in a couple of years. Just having one of those little moments and I just decided to actually sit down and write for once. And I, I, I'm going to try to remember to put it at the beginning of the podcast. I'll like insert the audio because you can go to positive Go to the article archive of all places. And when you go there, just click on the article archive. And there is a brand new article called The Epidemic. You'll, you, believe me, you'll know it when you see it. Uh, it's about 700 words long. And it talks about the fragility of a 36-year-old male, not unlike myself. And just his path through the day about just an interesting, aggressive look at people overall and how lazy they become. So you can go and check that out. It's really, it's I'm apparently nothing but praise so far for the article. And the fact that I haven't written one in over two years and I just, I guess there was a lot, I guess there was a lot to be said and I was able to condense it into a short format because I've said before, and I'll say it again, that I think uh, writing for the most part is left up to unpaid journalists at the New York Times. I don't think there's really any value uh, in it anymore because I don't seek people whenever they read an article, they either assume it's clickbait or it's not the truth or it's just misconstrued bullshit. So writing is when you go to a website, whether you no matter where news outlet you shop at, most of the time shop at basically shopping for your ideologies, it's gonna be it's not even really news. It's just slanted op ed pieces designed to ignite you by low paid journalists because that's kind of the world we live in right now, and that makes it very difficult for me to research articles. Even though I think Sunday Leftovers will be coming up soon on the website, uh, on the podcast. Little short uh, audios that I'll be doing like every other, every Sunday or every other Sunday, depending upon how much material I have. But to, I just, uh, it makes it difficult to look at, uh, read an article from any other, anything else other than like maybe CNET or Rogue Rocket or dig.com. You really, you, there's a reason they call it dig.com. You have to dig for a decent article. Because it's all links to articles by generally other websites. And I look at all of them and I can automatically tell if they're if they're slanted or skewed, if they're op-ed, if they're just all, all together just BS. And there's a ton of those companies and editorial pieces out there. At this point, I kind of have to swear them all off and ignore every single one of them. So 
I'm not, and I'm not gonna. If it's gonna, if I'm gonna put something out there that's bullshit, it might as well be my own opinion. I'm not gonna take somebody else's op-ed piece that is supposedly accurate, built with crappy statistics from somebody who had a slanted point of view, and put it on my podcast to try to fill an extra five to ten minutes. It's not worth it. I'd rather go out in flames with my own original thoughts than with somebody else's supposedly concrete evidence of something. This is why I steer away from certain topics or whatnot. But I know I'm kind of rambling right here, and maybe this is just kind of filler information. Maybe it's because it's the 100th episode and not really sure what else to do other than my own normal format and treat it like any other podcast and just keep putting out content. Or maybe it's the fact that uh, I've got this dog staring at me at, on my left hand, while I'm currently petting with my watch hand. And uh, that's about it. This is not my dog, by the way. It's just it's a dog that's here, just sitting here, wanting to be pet. So we'll see how this works out. I've always said that if my podcast, if I don't have a lot of material for the day, I'll close up shop at 45 minutes or 50 minutes. But in, in this last week's podcast, what I do, like an hour 15? I want a solid hour 15. Usually when I have a guest, I, I, I definitely, generally will go off on some decent rants because I'm bouncing sometimes. But it's also the stresses of... I don't know why it's so stressful. Everybody makes it so goddamn stressful. Everybody decides they're going to go out of their way to drive like goddamn maniacs. They're going to run there. Instead of like being polite, it's everybody is pushing each other out of the way to get gifts or just to go out of their way to have a miserable existence. Everybody's complaining about everybody, everything. Everybody's having anxiety about having anxiety. And the holidays shouldn't be about that. The holidays should be about kind of reflecting on what you do have and maybe looking forward to seeing people you want to see. And if you don't want to see those people, then, well, if these are people that you don't even want to see on the holidays, then maybe you should just not see them at all. Maybe you should just not talk to them anymore. I've skipped holidays with family before. I did it for like two years. I did it for like two years where I'm just like, you know what? I just don't want to, I, I, I don't want to see anybody right now. I don't want to be bothered. Don't even fucking call me. And that's pretty much it. But the idea that if you're stressing that much about seeing people or shopping for people like that, maybe it's because you're number one, you're not paying attention to what they actually want. Or number two, you just don't care about anybody else other than yourself. Now, as selfish as I may be, I do tend to put effort into if I'm going to get something for somebody or if I'm going to spend time with somebody, uh, you know, like a friend of mine, like I went and see, saw a buddy of mine just last minute this weekend. It was pretty simple, but I just went out and did it. I just went out and did it. And it was, I, I brought like a whole turkey along with me as well. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we, I went over to my friend Bobby's house. We had a great conversation for like three hours about just stuff in general. And it was a great, it, it was just a great, great time. Just to sit there randomly, not anything crazily planned. Just, hey, I got time. I got food. You got booze. Let's get together and let's chat it up. Um, he's getting married in like June too, so. This will actually be the probably be the first wedding that I sh shoot. Well, actually, it's the first wedding I'm going to go to that I'm not actually going to bring really any camera gear with me. I'm not shooting. I'm not hired to do it. Um, I've been hired to be the best man. Well, not best man. I'm definitely not the best man. Not the best man for the job. I'm like halfway decent. I'm one of those low-end groomsmen. So I'm going to be there. But we had a really good conversation about you know choice and effort and money and time management and information gathering. All the... You know, just he's one of those people that I can communicate with on a in a in a wavelength where there's no there's no no argument is going to ensue. No argument is gonna going to ensue between us because I've learned how to in a lot of ways uh, steel man his arguments. 
And not because I disagree with them. Generally, when you steel man somebody's arguments, you build them up the best you can so you can understand where they're coming from. And then these are generally if you disagree with them. I like to steel man his arguments because a lot of times he, what he says to me, I agree with. A lot of times I agree with it to, some, to a certain degree of what he says. So I enjoy that immensely. And plus, normally I'm here every Wednesday just talking to myself. And that's great for me to work on my speech speaking skills, which has actually increased dramatically over the past few years. But as far as speaking to somebody else who's highly intelligent, very, very self-educated, and um, somebody I've, I've known since I was a little kid, where we can sit down and just have an actual conversation. These are things that I crave the most right now, is just actual conversation with people who give a shit about things other than money and cars. Now, don't get me wrong. I like money, but I have money. I like cars, but I have two of them. And that can be a small part of the conversation. Things that excite us and put smiles on our faces. But for the most part, we, we I got a chance to actually talk about deep, some deeper shit. Not about feelings and anything like that. I That's not needed. But just to enjoy and actually have a, a conversation with him. And uh, I don't know. He invited me to his house again in the future and I look forward to seeing him but that's pretty much it um it was just nice to do something during the holidays and not have a not it was not obligation there was no stress behind it and that's kind of how I live most of my most of my life at this point nothing should be that stressful really nothing nothing should be that stressful life should not be that difficult so um, I'm just I I'm trying to get to the point of for if you guys for listening, just focus on it, your holiday, making it as enjoyable as you can, eliminating things that don't need to be in your life, family that doesn't need to be in your life, gifts that don't necessarily need to be given or need to be shopped for, or any other bullshit that's just not necessary. So if you buy a gift for somebody, I, I, if you're thinking about buying a gift for somebody. This this is somebody that you should be should have been paying attention to in a, for a long time. Okay. If you're buying something for a loved one, you should be it's something you should be taking interest in. Like for example, if if you should be first of all, if you have a loved one that you really like to buy stuff for, you should be at least at least faking an interest in what they say or do, you know, or what they wear, what they hear, they listen to, they travel, they play with. That will give you some idea if you're actually paying attention to what they what you can actually get them. And if you truly don't listen or don't care, but you still want to buy them something, you're better off just giving out like, you know, gifts that are can be used on a daily basis. It's not like tools. Tools are a cop out. Tools are stupid. Tools don't do anything for me, like buying me a jack or buying me like a wrench set or something of that nature. That shit means nothing to me. Okay, I should take care. If I need tools, great. All right. Actually, uh, if you want a cheap gift for everybody, if you want a cheap gift that you can give everybody this year, that first of all is funny and will change their life forever, buy them a washlet. Buy them a bidet for their bathroom. They'll never, they, believe me, they'll thank you in the long run. And they're not overly, they're not expensive either. You can buy cheap ones or you can buy super expensive ones. They all work great. I'm serious. Get one. You'll they'll they'll love it. Be like, oh my god, how did we ever live without one? And that you'd be like, that's a good question. How didn't you? But 
if you're not if you're not if if you are not buying if these are people that you see day in and day out or week in and week out and you don't and you still don't know what to buy for them don't try don't try just give up the jig is up at that point you're going to get them some I don't know what to get you is it it's not hard to shop for people on the holidays there's so much nowadays especially there's so much cool stuff out there to buy for people there is. There's so much cool stuff to buy for people, whether it's technology or it's apparel or shoes or stuff for their car. There's so much cool stuff to buy, and it's not expensive either. You can get somebody a sick pair of headphones. Watches, you better be careful. I'm, I mean, I've had this issue in the, in the past. There was a relationship. Somebody bought me a watch, and they tried to make the attempt, and it was a, it was a failure. I admired the attempt, but I told him flat out it was not a watch I was going to wear. I wasn't going to fake that I liked it. The fucking thing didn't even work anyways. But I wasn't going to pretend like I I didn't like the brand. I knew the brand was garbage, and I appreciate the attempt. But I was made to feel like a piece of shit anyways. But that's another day. That's another. Uh, I'm not going down that road any further than I have to. Watches is watches is, is, is a tricky one because uh, I ha- I'm picky. I'm not a watch snob, but I am a bit of an enthusiast when it comes to watches. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. If you want to buy a decent watch, you can start at mm, about $100 to $150. You can still get Swiss movement, Swiss labels, and then you can go, well, you can go to your heart content, heart's content after that. But you don't need to be buying, like, uh, you know, sh- shitty watches that you see on, like, a commercial with cheap labels that are made in that have movements made in China. There's no point in that. You don't need to be doing that. And besides, you got one week left. You got one week left till Christmas. You don't need to be uh having panic. Right now everybody's in a fucking panic. If you're going to go out this weekend and try to shop for something, you need to be patient. You need to be calm. You need to get up early. You need to get up early, have yourself a couple cups of coffee, some good coffee too, and then get out there and just slowly go through the day. Avoid main roads. Try to go through back roads so that your day goes by easier. Park far away. Take your time. Don't rush. Okay. At this point, if it is your last day and you're going to go out shopping, you have to admit that you're already been you're already late to the party as far as shopping goes. And don't even bother trying to find something online and then giving them the receipt and saying you can't give you can't give people receipts. You really can't give people receipts for Christmas. Be like I'm late unless it's something fucking utterly spectacular. Okay. But for the most part, you can't give out receipts. It's just not it's not a smart thing to do. It just means that you're 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 you have poor organizational skills and you were uh, oh, it was gonna come in later. It was back ordered. No, you should know that shit ahead of time. So I uh, overall, please do not get in a panic. okay? Do not get in a panic. Do not feel like you have to spend an extra hundreds of do- hundred two hundred dollars or more if you're buying something. Like, for example, if you were buying a watch, don't go to Macy's for the last minute and try to pick up something that looks kind of shiny from a brand that you actually think is kind of interesting or from a from a watch company you think is kind of a big deal. Like, for example, Bulova used to be a big American watch company back in the late 1950s, and then they were bought out by Swatch, I think, and then they switched from American parts to Japanese parts, and then they got cheaper, and they turned the Japanese parts into Chinese parts, and now it's just... For the most part, they look nice, but it's a sh- overall, it's not a good watch anymore. In my opinion, by my standards, it's not a good watch anymore. And now you're paying for the now you're paying for that watch. You're paying anywhere between between 150 and 250 dollars 
if you buy it online for a, for a watch that is not that reliable anymore. You go and buy Macy's, oh, it's going to cost you like 400 and something dollars. Some some of them even 500, okay? And the person behind the counter doesn't know what the hell they're talking about either. So when you go and buy that product, you are you have no idea what you're getting. You think it kind of looks nice, and you've dropped a fuckload of money. You dropped a fuckload of money into a product that you don't even know if, if the person you're giving it to is going to like it. So you have all that pressure putting all that watch into that person. All that pressure sitting there. You want that. You're hoping that person would like it. And then you're like, oh, I had the receipt. If you don't like it, it could be. Now that, now that you've put that on that person, you can't do that. You really can't do that. And you can't fake out with gift cards. Gift cards, if you're giving the, oh, you know what a really great idea is? Is ensemble gifts. I think this is cool. Like, for example, I think I'm going to do this for uh, somebody I know. Like, for example, like, you get something, instead of wrapping gifts, wrapping is stupid. I don't like wrapping. I like bags, gift gift bags. So you put, some, or if you are getting, like, a bunch of stuff or a certain amount of things, you buy, like, a backpack or you buy them, like, a duffel bag or you buy them, like, a really nice bag, like an Osprey bag or something like that. Maybe they like hiking or something like that. Then you buy them some cool shit, and then you take all that cool shit and you put it in the bag. You put it in, like, the backpack. So they get a backpack, and then you fill all the pockets with, like, little things like toothpaste, electric toothbrushes, and, like, uh, a gift card to, uh, I don't know, fucking Chipotle if they, like, if they, you know, like to be fat in their spare time. But you fill all those pockets with, like, cool things and maybe quarters for the tolls. I don't know. It's cool shit. You never know what people need that stuff, but you fill the pockets and you have that bag with all that cool stuff and bags are cheap and you can get really nice bags for really cheap money. And then you fill all the bags with certain things and you put a couple cool things in there. Like I have a couple ideas I want to do and I'll put that stuff in there, you know, and maybe you can put like one big thing in there. Like for example, if you really wanted to go out for somebody, you could get them like, uh, you get them, the, you get them like a really nice bag and you get them like a little camera and then you get them like a little tripod and then you maybe buy them like a drone <laughs> You can really knock it out of the park, but if you put it all in a nice package that happens to be like an Osprey bag or, or a Nike duffel bag or something like that, that's a great way. You don't have to worry about wrapping. You basically just take all the shit, you throw it in the bag, and you're done. Because that's that's something that takes a long time is the preparation. But if you don't want to buy if they're not into backpacks or duffel bags or briefcases or attaches or something like that, then you get a gift bag. You get a gift bag and you just take a little piece of tape, you put it over the top of the gift bag, and you're done. You're done. And now... You've got you can carry two things because you got two hands, so you can carry two bags instead of one big bulky thing that you're carrying around. You got and you don't know if it's gonna fit in the in the back of the car or whatnot, or maybe you drive like a two seater Porsche and you really don't have the room for a giant box, so you don't know. So best thing to do get a gift bag. Gift bags are the best. You can tape it up on the bottom in case the thing is like really really heavy. But that's what I would do. Try to keep it simple during the holidays, okay? Try to. Try to make it at least a, a less, is not as stressful as you need to be. Because then you can buy all those, you know, buying wrapping paper costs money and then the time that you have to spend wrapping things up, that's a bitch too. You could be doing far better things, you know? So those are some of the thoughts I had as far as like shopping and stuff like that. And it all wraps around with my conversation with Bobby. Hey, puppy. Hey, puppy. So yeah, my, my conversation with Bobby is like, keep things simple. Listen to what people have to say, and from that, you'll gather information, not just about, obviously, what they want for Christmas, but just what they want out of life in general. That's what I, that's what I'm, you know, 
Figured I'd just keep it straight, straight edge with you. Uh, let's see. I also wanted to get to... I did watch a movie last weekend, but... Maybe I'll get to that. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I did want to talk about the best companies, actually, that I... The best companies I've had to work with this year. Companies that I actually pay money to, uh, to, well, facilitate my lifestyle. And I want to get to them, actually. So... I have like five best and one worst, all right? Because I didn't want to give a number one to all of them, but they are all honorable in my opinion. Number one is, this one came up as a late, was Sticker Mule. Sticker Mule is a company, you go on stickermule.com. Sticker Mule, uh, they ran some promos this year about uh, for like, you could buy like 20 stickers and these are waterproof stickers with per, with excellent illustration, detail, and design for like a dollar, like these two, two by two stickers. I did it twice this year for a dollar. They sent it to me in the mail. And they were in there for like a, they were here in a week. They're awesome stickers. They have great social media uh, presence. They're really, really nice. I've had a blast with them. So you can go to stickermule.com. They were a great company that I worked with this year. They did my logos for my website. And I want to, and they also do, they also give you free coasters. So they give you examples of the coasters that they do as well. So you can go and get coasters, you can go get stamps, you can go get all kinds of stuff. So check them out, stickermule.com. Uh, also, shout out to American Muscle. American Muscle deals strictly. It's cool because since uh, every generation of Mustang has particular parts, pluses, minuses, flaws, American Muscle, along with other companies like LMR and CJ Pony Parts, deal strictly with Ford Mustangs. And since I own a Ford Mustang, I've been looking to get some bolt-on parts like wheels, intakes, and other things of that nature for this car to give it, uh, just to give it the feet, the, something that I would enjoy driving every single day, which I kind of do, except in the wintertime because I drive something else in the wintertime. But American Muscle has been, first of all, their customer service rocks. Um, their part, Their prices are on par. You know, they're competitive with pretty much everything else. Uh, everything else I find on the website and there and it's very helpful and they have clearances they have sometimes they have really good sales and their parts come in very quickly and their shipping's awesome as well so americanmuscle.com for for your american muscle car so I'm a fan of them dollar shave club is another one I give high kudos to I think they were recently bought out too for like a bazillion dollars but still for 10 bucks a month I get my razors in the mail this is what if you are it's one of those things that's super easy especially for a dude Go to go sign up for Dollar Shave Club. Okay, you use a razor every single day or stuff like that. Just go to dollarshaveclub.com. They've been really nice. They don't, they haven't jacked up their prices. Everything's been kept really, really simple. You can cancel at any time and you can modify your deliveries at any time. So I go, I go there, I get my razors, I get the executives. It's like it's got like 52 million blades on it. Uh, and the one on the and plus the one on the back, which I call the Assassin's Blade. It's so sharp I don't even use it. But they get they send they send me four blades twice a, uh every two months. So every two weeks I change out the blade on the 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 handle that they give that they they originally sent to me. And you can order new handles there. They got all kinds of other products. They're really really cool. They got you know body wipes. They have deodorants. They have shampoos. They got hair hair product. They really do, but I'm there for the razors. And automatically withdraws from your account, 10 bucks, they get shipped in the mail, and it's less thing, something you don't even have to worry about. It's not something you have to think about. It's convenience. This is, this is a matter of convenience and how much money you spend, and it is a perfect idea, perfectly executed. So I cannot be happier 
with this company and the way they've made my life a lot easier. So dollarshaveclub.com. And I don't have a product code for them, but if you listen to other podcasts, which you most likely do, they have uh, promo codes for them because they're not a sponsor of this podcast. But you can use like promo code Burr or promo code Rogan or whatever podcast you listen to. Check them out. They're freaking awesome. Uh, what is this one? What was that one? Oh, Pandora. Okay, everybody has a Netflix, an Amazon Prime, a Spotify account. I have the one that I actually still have to this day that I spend money on is Pandora. Pandora is my music is my music streaming service that I listen to for if I'm discovering new music, if I need music for driving, music for gym working out, music for cooking, music for just chilling out listening, music for when I'm writing. I have a particular channel that I listen to when I'm writing. Uh and I have channels that I just I discover new bands through the original channels that I listen to. For example, if I'm listening to Pitch Shifter Radio, all of a sudden I heard Dance with the Dead and, and Pendulum, and now I listen to Pendulum and Dance with the Dead. And I discovered them, and now they have their own channels, and I listen to them, and it's super convenient. And for $4.99 a month automatic withdrawal, it's, it's my go-to. It's my automatic go-to. When I'm not listening to podcasts, I'm listening to Pandora. So I absolutely love them. So you can go to Pandora, just download the app to your phone or to your app, uh, to your computer. It's awesome. So I love them. So Pandora, and then finally, a huge shout out to the company that supports PositiveSarcasm.com, and that is Squarespace. And these are just companies that I wanted to, number one, I wanted to give you guys ideas if you're looking to shave your face or get new products or listen to new music or products for your car or Services if you're going to start a new website. These are the ones that affect my life on a daily basis that help me out the most. And Squarespace, I cannot thank enough for allowing me for the past five years to build, edit, run, maintain, operate my own website with no no issues from them whatsoever. They hold... they have the podcast. Like, my podcast runs on Squarespace. My articles are on Squarespace. The links to my YouTube page are on Squarespace. My contact information, all of my donations are are lo- are linked through there. I mod- I'm constantly looking through. It's always almost, I'm, I don't really have issues running and maintaining the site. It's always there. It's always easy to use. Credit, uh, literally, for the most part, pretty much drag and drop. Mostly drag and drop. There, I'm sure there are other sites that people use. Some people use Wix. Some people use, design their own websites themselves using PHP or whatever the, the new word is for coding your own website. But for the most part, is this is as simple as it gets, in my opinion. And I love being able to... I just love being able to, the idea that I have my own website, I can change it on a dime. I can insert code in case I need to, and you can go and find the code online. You can insert the code and it'll help you do certain things. The podcast is super simple to upload. I've never had any problems doing it. Never had any problems with it. So I, I, I really cannot thank Squarespace enough for allowing me to create and create three or four different versions of my website over the past five years. And now I have a version of the site which I really like, which is good on the eyes easy to click through the mobile version of the of the site is fantastic as well i really appreciate them uh, allowing me to you know attach facebook uh videos youtube videos twitch videos and what else have you they don't ever come to me it's it's awesome to pay for a service and not 
have to deal with any bullshit. And that's going to lead into my next company. But it is great to have a company. You pay money, you get a service. You pay money, you get a product. Squarespace has been nothing but friendly, and they do have good customer service as well. They also help me link my domain names to the website without any fuss. You can get your domains through Positive Sarca- through Squarespace, but you can also, if you have ones from like GoDaddy or IWantMyName.com, you can get them from there, and you can link them through your Squarespace page. And you can spend as little as 10 bucks a month, or you can pay all the whole year in advance. So they're fantastic. I really appreciate them. So Squarespace, they're... There's promo codes out there from them as well, but for 10 bucks a month, you can't go wrong. And in case your bill, like your credit card expires or whatever and it fails, they'll let you know ahead of time. They won't shut off your website. They'll let you know ahead of time. So thank you to Squarespace. I re- Thank you, thank you, thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to have my own little world uh, in which I created a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, posing music for bodybuilders, and an article to share where I, you know, an article archive where I can share all my deepest, darkest secrets. So thank you to thank you to Squarespace. Okay, uh, if I list anybody, I I'm sure they're not listening. But here is my worst, and I really only have one. The worst company that I have to deal with every single month, day in and day out, is Comcast. I've talked about them in the past, and I'm going to talk about them again. They fucking suck. They're lies. They're cheats. They're monopolies. They don't care about their customers. I don't even know if they even care about their employees. Most likely they don't. Okay. They jack up their prices every year. They lower your lower the delivery. I was getting 250 megabits per second on a monthly basis. And then they dropped it down to 100 megabits per second. Oh, but in compensating, in compensating for me for that, even though they jacked up my bill fucking $20 a month, they also gave me some channels that I don't watch because I don't have a cable box. And the only reason I'm paying $91 a month instead of $100 a month is because I don't rent my modem from them. Okay? I have my own. So I'm paying $90 a month just for internet and nothing else. Oh, they give me some free channels. I don't want your channels. I want an internet. And you can't cancel it. If you cancel it, you're not allowed to go back to Comcast for two months. And there's nobody else in the area right now who's going to give me competitive internet. So if nobody else is going to give me competitive internet, I got to stick with freaking Comcast. And they there's nothing you can do. Absolutely nothing that I can do to establish. Because if believe me, if if uh, Fairpoint or Verizon Wireless was around, or Verizon Fios was around, I would jump ship ship in a second and go with them. I would jump ship with them and go in a second because I've never been more dissatisfied with a company. I cannot tell you how much they suck. They just flat out suck. You can maybe the, it goes with a two year agreement. They jack it up right after that. Even Verizon. I get it. I do pay. I do pay a significant money for Verizon. Okay. I get five gigs a month or four gigs a month of data per month, but you also can supplement that with Wi-Fi. And they roll over your data, so I get an extra two, two and a half gigs. So I get almost eight gigs of data a month through Verizon. Free calling, um, and you get really good phones. But as soon as I pay my phone off, I'm instead of paying $90 a month, 95 bucks a month, I'm paying $60 a month, which is back down to basically normal. Okay. And that's just for one, that's just for one person. 
So I don't really have too much to say about Verizon because they offer decent phones. They try to they try to do their best with competitive pricing and great coverage. All right, and they do have good coverage. So Verizon, I'm not going to talk shit about. They're good to me. Okay, they're good to me, and location wise, they're convenient. But Comcast, they don't care. They control the area, and as long as they control the area, they're going to do what they want. But the minute another company rolls in here and says, hey, we're going to offer you uh, similar internet for less price, I'm out the door. So Comcast, congratulations. PositiveSarcasm.com awards you by far the worst company of the year that I've had to deal with. So thanks, Comcast. Assholes. Okay. I'm going to go directly to Q&A. So I'm going to keep it simple this week because Christmas is coming up and I've got shit to do. I'm going to try to do a Christmas episode of this as well, but that's okay. If I, I mean, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to try. I'm going to do. I'm going to figure it out. Also, I want to do, I, I do want to do this article. I want to read an article. I haven't done this in quite some time, but this is from BBC News in uh, England. In, in England, excuse me. BBC is British podcast. Okay. Anyways, here's the article. Uh, who, who wrote this article? I have no idea. It's not really much of an article, but it's just something that happened. Driver blows up car with excessive use of air freshener. Uh, he used excess. A driver caused an explosion in his car when he lit a cigarette after spraying air freshener. He used excessive amounts of the aerosol scent before sparking up, according to firefighters. Gas from the spray ignited, blew out the windscreen and windows, and buckled the doors, but the man escaped with only minor injuries. Police said the incident in Halifax on Sunday could have been worse and warned people to follow safety uh, to follow safety advice. The motorist was in a stationary traffic in Fountain Street in the town at about 1500 GMT. General Valentine on Saturday when the explosion happened, it was so powerful it caused damage to the windows at nearby businesses. That's a lot of freaking air freshener. I'm I'm showing you a, there's a car. The picture the car the doors are buckled, the windows are blown out, and all the windows, including the windshield, are blown out. The back it looks like what happened was the windows imploded and shattered. The all the this thing is it, it, the car. Okay, cars totaled. The car is completely totaled. The lights are busted. The bumper's falling off. The entire car, it looked like it was in the, it, basically it was in the depths of the ocean and it just collapsed within itself. The car is completely trashed. I can't imagine how much freaking air freshener, alcohol air freshener, was being used. I, I remember one time my me and my family were in Brooklyn for a bar mitzvah and this guy, he was a, you know, concierge, he got, he went and got your car and he parked it and then he brought it back to the hotel. We got in this car. We, after he dropped it off, he, he brought back the car. It stunk so fucking bad that we had to open up all the windows in the car. Uh, I think the car had a moonroof too. We opened that as well. The guy stunk horribly, like BO type of stink. It was just awful. So, and I can imagine this guy, I ima I'm imagining this guy who was living in Brooklyn yeah, being in this car and then literally dumping like a whole bottle of Dracar Noir in the back seat. Ugh. Just just a whole thing of Dracar Noir and just then lighting a, a, a fucking menthol and just blowing the whole thing out. I would have wished I would have loved to have seen this thing on the video, but all right, so we're at thirty seven minutes. I'm gonna get to Q and A. 
go to dig you go to dig q and a you can go to positivesarcasm.com for all your posing music needs and if you want to look at my youtube videos and check out my youtube channel go to my youtube channel go to positive sarcasm on on uh youtube check out my check out my videos uh if you want to support the podcast and all my other things that i'm doing you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate if you want to ask me questions or you have other thoughts or opinions you go to positivesarcasm.com click on the contact button and just email me that way all right here's some q and a's we'll finish up strong with some q and a's was I wrong to tell a job interviewer I have AIDS when I don't? And other, uh, okay. I interviewed for my, what are you doing, puppy? You want to come here? Come on, come here. Get pet. Come here, get pet. Come here. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Get pet. Come here. Sit. Sit. You want to come up? You want to come up? You want to watch, want to read Q&A with me? Hmm? Yeah, you do. All right. I interviewed for a dream job about a week and a half ago. Everything was going pretty well. I felt like I was doing a good job answering the questions. Then they asked me a challenge. Then they asked me about a challenge that I had to overcome. I had a really roughly prepared answer and it went smoothly. Then they asked, what is a challenge you are currently dealing with in your life that you have not been able to overcome? I was caught off guard, started stumbling a bit. I panicked and said the first thing that came into my head that I had AIDS. The thing is I do not have AIDS. The reason it popped in my head is because I was listening to a podcast on the drive to an interview to clear my head, and they were discussing the HIV-AIDS epidemic in Western Africa. I immediately regretted lying about this, but suddenly I felt like I was in too deep and knew that if I had told them the truth, there was a 0% chance I would get the job. So my lie about my disease got more and more detailed, and the interviewers were very sympathetic towards me. Yesterday, they called me to tell me I got the job and I'm starting next Monday. I feel so guilty about my lie, but I would even feel even more ridiculous turning around now and admitting to it. As absurd as it sounds, at this point, I'm considering pretending that I have AIDS while I'm at work, though I will never bring it up unless somebody else does. Okay. Well, in this world, I guess lying, cheating, and stealing, um, obviously the righteous, the virtuous person would say you need to... You need to immediately... Tell them that you were lying. Beg them that for your forgiveness and hope that all goes well, which is not. You lied to them. So here's what's going to happen. You lied to them. You're going to tell them the truth and you're going to lose your job. Okay? And then you're going to be the laugh. Here's what I would actually do. Here's what you want to do. You're, you're going to have this job. You're going to take this job and you're going to keep it. For about six months of the year. You're not going to talk to anybody. You're not going to get to know anyone. You're going to do your job to the best of your abilities. You're not going to talk about your personal life. You're going to keep your mouth shut. And then in six months to a year, you're going to look for a new job. And you're going to apply. You're going to say that your life has changed or you're moving to a, a different town or whatever. And at that point, you're going to go search for a new job. But you're only going to do this. You're going to apply for that job. You're going to get that new job. And then you're going to leave. Okay, and you're going to say that I'm moving or life has changed. I got to do other things. And that's it. Okay, because you're obviously not going to tell them you're, you're not you're you're just not going to it's just not going to work. So you thought you have AIDS. Okay, as far as everyone's concerned. Well, it's none of their business what if they're what their concern is. You're not going to tell them if you already have AIDS and you already if you don't have AIDS, but you already told them, but you already starting the job. Fuck it. You need the money. So go ahead and just. Have pretend to have AIDS, even though you're not going to talk to anybody at work at all for about a year, and then you're going to go find a new job, and you're going to get the hell out of there. The next company that you apply for, 
you're not going to say shit. You're not going to tell them that you had AIDS or anything like that. You're going to do the best you can. You're going to get money at your job, and then you're going to go on your way about six months to a year. Okay? And don't and you can't do this again. Is it your dream job? Yeah, but you made a stupid decision. It's no longer your dream job. It's no longer your dream job because you flat out lied to get into this position. Okay? You might as well... Yeah, actually, let's not go that route. You don't have AIDS. You pretend you have AIDS for about a year, but you're not going to say anything about your health condition because it's actually nobody's nobody's business what your physical condition is like. As long as you're doing your job, you just don't approach the topic at all. And then you leave in about a year and go find another job. Okay? And that's it. That's my best. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. That's what I think you should do. Otherwise, go be unemployed. Say you have AIDS, but you actually don't. You know, I mean, obviously, if you think like this anyways, chances are you're not going to be ever be in a position of high value where this could come up again. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that right, puppy? Yeah, that's right. Come here, Chase. Come here. Come here. Come sit. I'm not done with you yet. Let's go to the next one. Next to dig Q&A. So, uh, in conclusion, pretend you have AIDS, and then after a year, get a new job and leave. And don't talk to anybody about your condition or lack thereof. Next Q&A. How can I get out of contributing a mandatory $60 gift for my boss? Okay. It's actually not 60 but I'll go into it. The company I work for has about 12 employees. The owner of the company asks our manager to go around and collect $60 from each person for us to get a present for her. Around this time, she always makes comments about the type of jewelry she likes or new watch she saw. She saw. I have kindly let them know that it is simply not in my budget this year as my job as my spouse changed jobs about a month ago and my times are tight. When I told them that, they said that it's mandatory and no one is allowed to not participate. I simply don't have the $60. My spouse and I aren't even exchanging gifts this year. Am I causing drama for no reason or is $60 a lot to ask for an employee? Okay. If it was a $60 gift and everybody was contributing to the $60, great. Okay. Everybody contribute mm, six employees, five bucks a pop. You can afford that. But... This is a company I work for has 12 employees, $60 from each person. And this, okay, to show mandatory appreciation to a boss, so seven over $700, $700. And she's always, first of all, she's the boss. Go buy, go find your own jewelry. Go get your own watch. Go get your own shit, okay? You don't need to be mandatory collecting $60 from each employee so that you can go and get a $500 uh, a Bulgari neck. Well, Bulgari necklaces are far more than 500 bucks. But 60 bucks? No, that's bullshit. You don't need to be doing that. I, I would stick to your guns. It's not mandatory. It is not mandatory to give a, to take $60 out of your paycheck so you can pay for this gluttonous fucking boss. That's stupid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it at all. It's not mandatory. Get the fuck out of here. You stick to your guns. Five that you want to contribute, you can make a compromise. And be like, look, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you ten bucks, okay? No, you know what? Fuck that. Nothing. Stand your ground. Don't give them anything. That's the end of that. Give them nothing. All right. Next Q and A. 
Uh, let's see. Is that the one I have in my playlist? Let's see. Should I try to apologize? No apologize because my fiance harassed her in medical office before. I'm probably going to skip that one. This one I like. How can I force my former coworker to be friends with me? When my wife passed away a few years ago, I went to a deep funk and isolated myself from people. Understandable. I don't have family or close friends nearby, so I reached out to a woman I worked with for many years. There was a def definite attraction. I'm going to read that again because I'm an idiot. There was a definite attraction when we worked together, but we never acted on it. She sent a terse reply saying she was in a long-term relationship and asked me not to write again. We live 700 miles apart, not exactly conducive to seeing each other. She refused to answer my subsequent notes. All I'm trying to do is get back to happier times by rekindling this friendship. No, she's in a relationship. She's doing this. She said she's in a long-term relationship and she doesn't want you to write her because she's trying to protect her relationship. So that means you have to respect the relationship and never message her again. You're clearly, yeah, I get it. You're lonely, but you're trying to reach out for all the wrong reasons and you'll be making all the wrong decisions. And you're already making those decisions. The first thing, the only thing you need to do is stop. Completely stop altogether. Do not message her again. Do not talk to her again. Don't even, nothing. You need to restart your life with all brand new people and you need to start developing new hobbies and new habits because this will drive you to do terrible, terrible things. And I, I, I really, I think I can speak on this. You have to absolutely back out of this altogether and you need to start now. I, I'm sorry that your wife passed away a few years ago. There's nothing you can do about that and you are isolating yourself from people, which means, great, you got plenty of time to work on you. You cannot, though, be dragging anybody else into your pit of despair, especially somebody who's focusing on a long-term relationship and doesn't want to be making any mistakes with you. So my advice to you is to back the fuck out of it. Leave this woman alone because she's actually trying to be faith, uh, faithful, uh, which is an amazing. Imagine that, being faithful. Jeez, and you want to go ahead and break that up? I want, but we were friends, and I wanted to be friends again. She's not your friend. She's not your friend. She was a coworker. Yeah, that's right. She's a coworker. So you need stop, stop what you're doing and no, don't go seek new friends. Go seek a new you start with you. And then from there, maybe you'll gain some friends. That's it. Work on you. Get respect. Okay. Thank you. What's the next one? How many do I have left? I got that one. That one. I definitely want to do that one. I also want to do. All right. So I got two more. How can I set boundaries with a relative who trashes serving dishes of food? Wait a minute. How can I set boundaries with a relative who trashes serving dishes of food that she doesn't like? I host all holiday celebrations with one exception. The crowd seated around the table always seems to enjoy the feast very much. With one exception. The crowd seated around the table always seems to... I'm going to read this again because I'm an idiot. I host holiday celebrations with one exception. The crowd seated around the table always seems to enjoy the feast very much. I've been in this position. It's a difficult position, but it is a fulfilling one. However, we have one family member, an older woman, who acts like a spoiled toddler at the table, making faces, gagging, and spitting out any food that is not to her taste, then loudly announcing the specific reasons she does not care for the food and what I should have made instead. She has gone as far as to remove family favorites from the table, throwing plates full of food in the trash, yelling that she is protecting everybody else from being made ill by the horrible slop. I try to make sure things, there are things on the table that she will eat, but she is the only one who wants that stuff, which also makes her very angry. Otherwise, I do my best to ignore the insulting and childish behavior. How do I keep my temper in check and create some boundaries while still being a good hostess? Okay, 
two options. Number one, kick the bitch out. Number two, stop hosting dinners. Okay? And your ultimatum is this. She goes or the dinners stop. And you focus on your own things and you invite new people. You don't need somebody like that in your life. What did I try to vomit out in the beginning of this uh, podcast? The very thing that I'm talking about now. People who are ungrateful little fucks complaining about every little fucking thing, especially all the stuff. You know how hard it is to do a holiday celebration? Well, for me, it's kind of easy. The, the cleanup's a little difficult. But for the most part, these things, it takes a lot of time, effort, focus, and love to put all this stuff on the table. And you've got this dumb old twat. I don't like this. This is disgusting. Throw, throwing full plates of food in the fucking trash when all we talk about today is uh, uh, sustainable food sources and sustainable this and whatever that. And you put your effort into a, a dish and somebody throws it into the trash. Yeah, that's right. Throwing things in the trash. And this stupid broad has to go and throw things in the trash and make disgusting noises, ruining everybody's time. She needs to go, take her out back, hit her in the head with a fucking shovel, bury her out back. Hopefully some corn will grow where her body is buried. Then you can take all that corn, then you can cook that and make corn on the cob, and then you can serve that to people. I think that would be the best thing you do. So, I, you know what? Great idea. Kill this bitch, bury her out back, grow some tomatoes, and make a nice marinara. Meatsa balls. That's what I would do. That's what I would, that's personally what I would do, okay? Um... So, all right, we're at 50 minutes. I'm going to keep the, I'm going to make this short. We're going to do one more. Is it appropriate for a middle school teacher to appoint some students as bosses to manage the other students? My 11-year-old daughter is very bright, works hard and is generally adored by her teachers. Recently, one of her teachers pulled aside a small group of students, her being one of them. He told them that he and his co-teacher were like the bosses of a workplace. And this group of students were the star employees. The teachers were assigning each of these star employees, seventh graders, a small group of lower level employees, a.k.a. other seventh graders who were deemed to be less bright and shiny. <laughs> the, group, the group of students is to lead their prospective small group and the material that they are learning. By default, this involves quite a bit of managing the second tier students. This is going quite poorly for my daughter. The teacher told the select group, in the real world, bosses don't like it if you come right to them with a problem. So if you have issues with certain people in your group, you can trade students with your coworkers first. Am I wrong to think that this teacher is doing is absurd and inappropriate? Should I do anything? Oh, absolutely. This teacher should be fucking fired. This teacher should be should this teacher be fired? Yeah, probably. This teacher should be put in the tutelage of an actual teacher who knows what the hell they're doing. This is not what you do with like freaking 11-year-olds. Okay? 11-year-olds are just learning about titties. All right? That's what that's what 11-year-olds should be learning around. 11-year-olds have definitely got their own problems, okay? They're discovering puberty, they're figuring out that school sucks, and the fact that now all of a sudden you're giving them manager trainee positions at fucking Foot Locker, that's the that's the right approach? No, that's not what you do. All right, you want to teach them. Other, there are other things that can, you could te be teaching them. You could be teaching them how to balance checkbooks. You could be teaching them how to use a condom. You could be teaching them, <laughs> or maybe not that one, but you could be teaching them a lot of other things besides giving them managerial roles to a company that doesn't even exist. And apparently, if you are assigning other things to take the workload off of you as a teacher, you shouldn't be a teacher to begin with. You have teacher aides. That's what they get paid to do. All right. the We talk about how teachers need to be paid more 
and have and uh, have more expense accounts. This is not a good argument for that. This is definitely not a good argument for that. This teacher is a fucking terrible human being. The fact and these, you, this is something I've I've seen in uh, corporate workplaces. This is a perfect example of it. And if humans can't, if human em- uh, office employees can't get this right, like team leaders and stuff can't get this right, how do you expect 10, 11, and 12-year-olds to get this right? I don't think it's a good idea. I, I personally think that um, the teacher needs to be brought aside and say this is not how you do things. And I, I don't know the accrediting process. I don't know the teacher. I don't know the full situation. I'm just saying in general this is something that you can't be doing with with young students like this. Okay. You have you have smart kids that you're taking their intelligence and you you or if these are the star uh the star students, let them be star star students. You're holding them back by telling them to manage these other people. Okay? That's not how real leaders are born. Okay? Real leaders rise up and shine in other ways. Not like this. This is, to me, this seems, uh, this kind of seems kind of communistic and this kind of scary. This, this is, I be like, are you going to make these kids snitches or something like that? Are, are, are like, are you creating a, a Gestapo within the, within your own class? This is not, uh, this is not a healthy classroom environment. This is going to create jealousy, jealousy. This is going to create anger resentment amongst 11 year old students which is exactly right now especially with how social media is exactly the thing that you don't want to be doing with kids okay you need to there there is a way to be collective with the students but you have to be the teacher and be the leader in the classroom that's your job all right you don't pan you don't you know off that to the kids and let them do it you don't they're not developed yet. They're not smart enough at that point and intelligent enough or mature enough at that point to be making those decisions and being and doing that. If there is an exception, there may be one exception, but generally, generally there never is. Kids are stupid, and that's pretty much that. And the teacher obviously is just as dumb if they think that delegating this type of authority and responsibilities to students is the right way to go about with the classroom. I don't see it. I don't like it. I don't support it. So that is the end of the Q&A. Uh, I don't really have much else this week for the podcast. It was just a whole lot of writing and just other thoughts. And I, I wanted to leave a few extra minutes because I didn't want to make a really long podcast this week. I kind of just wanted to empty my brain of whatever was in there. Generally, that's how it is. Because I wanted to save a few extra minutes for the uh, article that I posted on PositiveSarcasm.com that I'm going to post at the beginning of this entire podcast. So that'll get me to a full hour, plus some music I'll probably throw in there at the end. And then at the end of the day, it is only week 100. You know, it's it's special, but it's not that special. You know, at the end of the day, 100 is, it took me five years to get to 100. Okay, one we it took me five years and three different versions of this pod, four different actually, four different versions of this podcast to actually get to this point. When we get to 200, okay, then we'll make a big deal out of it because that'll be probably December of next year. So that'll be a big deal. Actually, it'll probably be more than that because I'll have the the Sunday leftovers that I'll be doing, and probably some special episodes as well. So I'll I'll be doing that. But th- at the end of the day, it's week one hundred. There's got to be a week one hundred and one. That's what I need to be focusing on. And Christmas is coming up, so I got other stuff I got to be doing. So uh, I'm gonna close up shop today. If you want to follow me on my YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com and look up Positive Sarcasm. Like, subscribe, share, please. 
If you want to be a guest on the podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com uh, and contact me there or just contact me through my social media, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can email me directly as well. If you need posing music because you're a bodybuilder and you uh, like looking fit, go to positivesarcasm.com, look up posing music, email me directly if there's something you want. Uh, if you want to go check out my new article on positivesarcasm.com, but basically, if you want to subscribe to this cha- this podcast, I'm everywhere. Tune in, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. iHeartRadio. I'm all all of them. And you can also download me directly from positivesarcasm.com. So, uh, and at the end, I'm gonna close up shop for today. I'm gonna pet this dog for a few minutes, and then I got some other stuff to do. But uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll talk to you guys right before Christmas. And I guess that's pretty much it. It's been a it's a pretty calm day. I didn't drink a lot of coffee, uh, so yeah, I guess this is what you get. But all right, until next week. Um, this has been a let's see, I'm doing it all wrong. All right, let's try it again. Three, two, one. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.